how I view my success is is retention in with our team members. We call them our family. With ten, retention with our family. If we're having turnover in major different areas, like I, that's where I go to work and figure out what's going on with yeah. the manager and the leadership in that department. But I'm I want I want to have career people. Like I want to keep this family together mm. for a long time. And you know it's it's getting the right butts in the right seats and how we do that. But mm. a lot of it's just dealing with them the correct way and culture and really running like a business for a reason, not just a hobby. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug into your new world here. Let's dive in. Imagine being under the age of 30 years old, running an over $100 million company. That is what my friend Jason Haugen is doing. He runs the podcast Culture Camp. He is a speaker. He's a father. He's a husband. And he is on fire. And he is here with me today. Let's dive in. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for being here. It means a lot. Thanks for the invite. I'm so impressed by you and not just (laughs) impressed because you have this major company, but how you conduct yourself. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I just just try to be me. Like I try to be a good dude. Like I just want to be me. Like I I just want to be like, do what I love, help people and just have a good time and just love, love my relationships with people and just, just be Jason. Amen. Have you always been that way? Yeah, I've always been like the kind of like, I wouldn't say like the class clown, but kind of the class clown. And like, I just, I love, like, I, I'm, we, I love people. Like, I was like, if my wife was doing something with the girls or whatever, and I'm like, I was texting, hey, you want to hang out? You want this one, that? And she's always like, you can never be alone. And I'm like, it's not that I can never be alone. It's like, I love hanging out with people. Like, yeah. I love being surrounded by energy and I love like just the conversations with friends. Like, I just like that a lot. And so I've, I've, I might be a little odd duck, but I like it. No, it served you well. And, you know, I was learning about you. And the thing that was really like, whoa, was that you made this major transition in 2018. Yep. You kind of had next to nothing for a minute. Right. 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 And then you started your RV company, what, in 2019? So that was in 20, like the beginning of 2018. So okay. it was like the end of 2017, like like fall time, I guess, you know, probably September, August, September, when when life drastically changed. And then in 20, the beginning of 2018, January 18th, 2018, is when we we officially closed on the RV dealerships or dealership one of them, one of them. and then the rest is kind of history. It's crazy. How many do you have now? We have nine. You have nine. Nine stores, yeah. Okay, so let's back up the train. Okay. Okay. Because my mind's going crazy. I'm like, how? Blah, blah, blah. So how did you even understand to have an RV dealership? Like, was it always a dream? Was it? Did it fall apart? You know what? It was just a great time in my life that I needed something different. I mean, I was sweeping floor. Like I had lost everything in 2017. 
and like are close to everything. Lost lost my income pretty much. And then, you know, sweeping floors, doing construction with a friend, doing everything I possibly could to do odds and ends jobs and selling stuff. And, you know, my man Gary Vee taught me to, you know, go to the swap meets and buy stuff and yeah, flip it. Like yeah. I was doing whatever I could yeah. do to make money. And I always RV'd. Um, you know, growing up, my mom and dad had had big tour bus style um, motor homes, like big coaches, what they call them, and loved them. I've had everything from those to a tent trailer to the toy haulers going out in the desert and like different things. So I loved the RV business. And it was just an opportunity my dad had brought to me and was like, hey, this guy called me. I don't really know him too well. Um, I bought a trailer from him a while ago and they started an RV dealership in Salt Lake City and it's not doing too well. So they need like they need someone to come in and, and do their thing with it. And I was like, oh, cool. I have no idea about RVs, but I know about business. This would be fun. Um, my dad had owned quite a few businesses growing up, um, major restaurant chains that he had, they had started, like pretty, pretty big things. And so I'm like, hey, like I, I always wanted to work like with my dad, but not be Randy Haugen's son. I wanted yeah. to be like like Jason Haugen and like yeah. my own person. And, yeah. and I felt like I needed to earn that. Like I yeah. I needed to do the things to do that. And so finally, I think it was the right time in my life where my I'm like, okay, dad, we can do this together. And he's like, oh, like I just want you to work. Like I want you to do it. Like I, you know, I'll, I'll we'll invest and we'll 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 start it together. But you do you like you run it. So I'm like, okay, you know, he's retired, does his thing. And so I knew nothing about the RV industry, absolutely nothing. Besides, I camped, you know. And we didn't know about how the banking worked. We got everything shut off. We got like uh. it was just it was a funny, awkward time for all you know our employees that we inherited because they're like, what are you guys doing? Like so many struggles with this and that like now we have payroll now we have employees we have hr things we have been, like, there's just so much that goes into having you know a business now yeah. and it was wild like I, <laughs> I i i laugh now the stuff that we did um but we we had we, we bought the business didn't really know how it worked didn't realize how bad of a shape they were in because our financials were not right which we didn't even really know at the time had to put in about 400 grand in the first few weeks that we had to had the influx into the business, so there's another money that we're we're out, and they had never made really a profit before, and so we we uh, my dad kind of threw me in there as a salesperson. It was like you have to sell first, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I'm I want to be more than a salesperson. Right. He's like, you need to learn the sales process. So I'm like, okay. So I sold um, from January until June, um, July 1st. I became the operations manager, and that's where my personality is, kind of like being tactical with things and, and learning how to make things work and yeah. doing that. So that was really good for me to learn how, how business worked and how the dealerships worked. And that gave me time to like go study other dealerships and go network and go around. Cause that's, I'm, I feel like I'm a master networker. Like I know everybody. That's like my thing. I love people. Like yeah. I go to every event and, yeah. and have a good time. So it gave me the opportunity to go out there and, and, and learn how it worked. I, I, and I'm like, every time I come back at that guys, we are not doing this right. Like yeah. we're doing nothing. And so, it was really a really good time for me to to be able to do that, and um, we had we made money our first year. We we climbed you out. You made of, money. We climbed out of that so you, little bit of a hole or a big, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars right at the beginning, you know, minus four hundred grand, and then we made twenty seven thousand bucks. Like I was super happy. I mean, I was like, hey, we we made it work. We just rinse and repeat. We could do it again. You know, we can keep making this work, and we we grew it to you know what it is now. We did twelve and a half million in sales that first year. And we did like 13 and a half the next year, but more profitably. And then the next year after that, we did 65. Oh and my then gosh. the next year after that, we did 103. And some of it was due to acquisitions, but we, we definitely propelled those stores. 
you know, like we had a store go from 20 million to 45 million in one year. So like we, we were crushing it with those. Stores. What do you think it was that made it jump like that? So That's a, a couple of combinations was we, you know, we did acquire some stores, but those stores, we obviously took them and, and they scaled, you know, it, a lot of it was COVID. It was a great time for the RV industry, but a lot of it was how we dealt with the the employees and dealt with the people and empowered them and, and paid them what they were worth and didn't overpromise and underdeliver and had honest conversations with them and treated them like human beings because you know I love the old owner we go golfing but he you know you have over 50 employees you have to do like the affordable hair uh, care act and yeah. different benefits yeah he'd just keep it at 48 to 49 and fire everybody and flush them out he always extended the benefits where he had to wait like six months for benefits and we'll let everybody go in that window and me, I'm like, why do you want to, this doesn't really make any sense to me. I'll, I'll like, I'm, I'm not in business to be oppressive. Like I want to lift people up. And right. so it's like, let's start with like giving people and like make careers. Like how I view my success is, is retention in with our team members. We call them our family with retention with our family. If we're having turnover in major in different areas, like I, that's where I go to work and figure out what's going on with yeah. the manager and the leadership in that department. But I'm, I, want, I want to have career people. Like I want to keep this family together mm. for a long time. And, you know, it's, it's getting the right butts in the right seats and how we do that. But mm. a lot of it's just dealing with them the correct way and culture and, and really running like a business for a reason, not just a hobby. Mm -hmm. What key things do you think, like when it comes to culture, have you done? Have you guys done differently that has made all the difference? Understanding how people operate and, and why do you do what you do? And like I have broken it down, like now I have software that I have helped develop that breaks down personalities and management styles. And there are 30 page reports about you, 30 page report on your personality, 30 page report on your management style. And it's playing the money ball approach to making the teams work correctly and understanding how to like tap into the unconscious mind where it excites you to do things um, in, in getting you to, to focus kind of on your superpower and letting you excel at your superpower. And so, mm. it, but the biggest thing, it's silly, is just caring enough to do that. A lot of people don't care enough to do that. A lot of people don't care enough to get to know the personality of, of the person they're working with and figure out like, how do you, how do you like tell them to do mm -hmm. something without, you know, some, some person like me, like I'm an eye and interacting socializer, I love to have a good time. So when you come to me, we're gonna talk about how we can have a good time doing something and I'm gonna love that. You know, a C personality is a cautious thinker. So I use DISC. Mm. And, you know, a C personality is a cautious thinker. It's yeah. like, hey, here's the details. Just go do it. And so, oh. like, it's learning to do that with the team and then multiplying it or adding the management styles. And I even have flashcards of people of, of their departments of, like, L1 through L5. And if they're in L5, you have to look at it and you're like, hey, I can't talk to this person more than two minutes and I'm a cheerleader. Right. Hey, go. Like, you're awesome. Just let do your thing. We're supporting you. And then your L1s, hopefully they're not there for very long, but your L1s and L2s are more focused management. And so you're managing them, trying to get them to L4s and L5s. So we have a process with that, but it's caring. And then there's communication. Like here's my personality and management style. And broken down, so I use DISC, but I take it way further in the psychology behind it. If there's four personalities per like DISC, mm -hmm. now you take it, there's 16 personality traits. And so it's like, okay, why does he do what he do? Oh, he's a natural born protector. And so when things are wrong, it's like, okay, they're going to protect. So they're natural. When you go to them and say, hey, something's wrong, yeah. they're natural is to protect and kind of go into that mama bear, papa bear type of like mentality because they're not trying to lose it. And so having those open lines of communication and, and, 
and being like, you know, now when I do consulting, it's like, hey, here's your owner and your boss. Here's your team. Team, this is how your boss thinks. Boss is how your team thinks. And everybody has two personalities. Right. In favorable situations and in unfavorable situations. So this is how when you're going to act when things are good. This is how you're going to act when things are bad. And so we need to talk about that out loud. We always identify. Is this an unfavorable situation? Yes or no? Yes or no? Mm. Oh, and then I plot map the, how the team's going to react with yeah. the software. So it's being like tactical with how you do things. And then it helps people just excel. And like, you'll, you'll see things out of people happen. And you're like, I, 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 this is crazy. Like, we never expected Like, Yeah, because mm -hmm. they're doing what they love and they're doing it in their lane. Well, there's so many layers to this that excites my soul right now. Because like, first of all, when I talk about the it factor, the name of this show you know, I, I really take you down five different roads to find and cultivate your it factor. And one of them is your core innate personality. Right. And, you know, there's different ways you can do it. The disc, you can mm -hmm. do the color code. Yep. But when I started to understand my innate personality, I was like, oh, gosh, there's not something wrong with me. Like, because I'm on the color code, I'm a red. Right. You know, I'm driven. I'm yep. a power, that power welder type. Yep. But for so long growing up, I thought, like, am I, like, too much? Like, because yeah. I always care so much. I want to get the ball in the end zone. I want to, I play to right. win the game. Like, yeah. that's just how I operate. And for so long as a female, I was like... I don't know. I just think I'm like an alien or something. But until I learned the innate personalities and I was like, oh, yes. Okay, cool. And I love that you're actually putting this into your company because so many people feel like they're just a body there. Right. Like they don't feel like they're appreciated right. at all. And so the fact that A, you call them family is so major, yep. so major. And then you actually take the time to like get to know them. This yeah. is huge. And I think so many entrepreneurs, especially, we are just go, go, go. And we just like hire and fire just as quick. And you don't actually take the time to talk to the person who's literally building the rocket ship. Right. It's becoming a coach and caring about the team. And we always we have had those coaches or played for those people or done things for those people that you you cannot stand them. And then you're out there playing for yourself and you could care less what happens, right? Totally. But you have those coaches that make you believe and, and, and tighten the team together where it makes you want to do everything you possibly can to make the team win. Whether that's throwing the ball, you know, the last shot, whatever that takes, that's make it, help mm -hmm. the team win. And so that's how I look at things is how can we get people so excited that they, they want the team to win and, you know, for themselves, but not only for the team. And our logo is a shield and I'm always like united by the shield. And so like there, everything wow. that I do is with a purpose and the logo and in the values. And we have culture cards that we keep on our persons at all time, which says our mission statement and our values. I manage through them. I don't do write-ups. I do cultural realignment meetings. My, I'm, we're trying to get this spaghetti bowl of a freeway all in the, in the same line. And I care about it. And I will be a little bit slower because I'm trying to create that foundation where I don't care how, what the, what the economic situation is doing. It's like, you know, you're building that, you don't build the foundation on sand. It's biblical. You don't build the foundation on sand. You build it on solid rock and you That's build it right. deep rooted, right? Yeah. So I don't care what up here is going. I don't care about the noise because I, at the end of the day, I can't control that. Right. I can control my four walls and, and what I can control. So I chose to, like, to put, and it sounds bad, but like I controlled my environment with the people. So yeah. how can we build them up? And you know where it all came from that we can relate is when I grew, was growing up, I was always told I'm broken, anger problems, this and that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I want to win or I want to protect or I care. Like I don't like, 
Like I'm not broken. I remember screaming at the top of my lungs in a in a counseling appointment one time at school where they're like, you're broken, you're this, you're that, you need this medication. Were you just and I'm like, like a naughty kid? Yeah, I was yeah. a naturally naughty kid. I acted out, I, like, and I can go down to like, you know, if, different issues, but I'm like, I'm not broken. And so then is when I got obsessed with psychology. And so I'm actually like studying DISC and like I'm getting certified in this, all of That's these awesome. things. Yeah. Because I want to know the psychology. Like I don't want to just like surface. I want to know the psychology. Totally. Why, why, because I'm more interested in me. Yeah. And like I feel like people are like you're saying this this in this tone. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm just passionate about it. Yeah. And so it's been like coaching with my my wife now, like, hey, like when I'm elaborate like elab- doing all these things, I'm just passionate. Like yes. I'm excited, whether it's good or bad, yeah. I'm passionate about. It. And so it's coaching that and teaching that in a company changes yeah. the game because then you know as you know a team member why your manager or why your owner is acting like they're acting and you can call them out. Hey, you're acting like a red. Stop acting like a yeah. red. Have a little compassion, empathy. Yes. Oh, yes. You're right. And then it's Cheka. Like mm-hmm. it, especially with a red personality, same thing as a D personality. Mm-hmm. We we like that that check. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. But then it's 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 massaging and game planning about how to work together and and be on the same page. And like I said, it's all about getting in alignment. And yeah. like when we do our, we don't, like I said, we don't do write-ups. We do those cultural realignment where I literally will write a value. We have our six values. We write a value on the, I have an actual form. There's a cultural realignment form. And we write the value that they kind of violated. We write a game plan of how they can, you know, if it's trust, they broke trust with a, with a customer. Okay, how do you think you can come, you can mend that trust back with the customer? It's one of our values. And so they're like, I can call them, I can this, and so, okay, cool. And so given the phone, call a customer, I'll call the customer and say, hey, one of Mr. Customer, one of our values is trust. And I feel like, you know, I feel like this is violated on our behalf. I apologize for this. You know, so-and-so is going to talk to you and we're going to, we're going to figure out how to get alignment and be on the same page. And it's, it's doing those things and learning how to talk to people in a bad situation of, hey, mm-hmm. you know, setting the expectation of those tough conversations, but with the point of just, hey, we're trying to get alignment. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. I feel like every person that has any company needs to understand all this because Again, like you're dealing with communication and we can talk about network marketing yeah. in a minute, your, your upbringing. Right. Um, but so many times like, you know, and that's my first business as well, where people will be like, I can't stand this person or this person's too emotional or this, this person's too driven by money, doesn't care about the people. It's like, oh my gosh, people get into an opportunity right. and they're like, I didn't know I had to like deal with all this drama or all these people. And I'm like, welcome to leadership. Right. And you do have to learn. Right. And, and knowing what matters and what doesn't matter. Like yeah. some things honestly live in the gray and slide. It's like, I'm not going to trip this person up because they're doing so good. I'm not going to nitpick them all the time or right. anything else. Right. So sometimes I have to stop bugging this person yeah. about that. Right. Stop. It, it's okay. Like I, and I will coach them in a certain way, but then you go and like you take their win out of their cells mm-hmm. and then they're never going to be effective. And mm-hmm. it happens a lot in, in any company and in leadership. It's like, yeah. They try to like, prove themselves, especially with our personalities right, of right. you know red or D or whatever. Yeah, it's like you know you're like you're you want to make things right. Like, everything has, and it's like just let them just let yeah. them do their thing. We'll kind of pick up the pieces behind them and hopefully yeah. coach them on the way. What areas of your life have you had to learn to let go? Being how you're wired, yeah. how we're wired, I should yeah. say. Oh, it's. I've honestly, like, I've had to, like, m- m- mentally, like, I did a lot of bodybuilding. I've had to mentally let go of, of, 
of caring so much about how I looked yeah. that I'm not willing to die for it. And I almost did. And that has been hard for me, even with going through my near death experience and being brought back to life. Um, I took me a couple of years to figure out that, like, it's okay to let it go. Like it's, it's okay. Like that's not your identity. And I always felt like that was my identity because anytime you get around people, it's like, oh, you look good, man. You're getting small or you're gaining weight like this. So I always felt yeah. like that was who I was. And now I want people to know my heart more than what I look like on the surface. Amen. Oh my gosh. When, what happened? So you competed in fitness. Yeah. So I competed in a bodybuilding show. Um, and it's a, it's a long story, but long story short, I got way too lean. And extremely dehydrated and in a very bad spot. And my attitude with everything is super extreme. Right? I'm part of that red, part of that, you know, anything. In my unfavorable personality, I'm a, re a really big red or really, you know, stern D. And like, I'm going to dominate, right? It's like, if I don't have, if I go from here to there, I'll kill everybody on the way to get to there, right? Yeah, I'm sure you like, because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. And so that's how I kind of approached yeah. bodybuilding. And I'm like, okay, if I can do 60 minutes on a stair climber at 100, you know, 120 steps a minute in a sweatsuit with no water, I can do two, I can do 120 minutes. I was like, I did 120 minutes, maybe I can do 150 minutes. Like literally killing myself trying to prove that I can do it. Not drinking any water, not doing anything, like taking fat burners that were not good for me. Yeah. Um, doing all kinds of things. And right out shortly after that competition, so the competition was Saturday, ended up in the hospital Friday. Um, over a hundred pounds gained between Saturday and Friday of water. And my, I was in a hundred percent kidney failure, hundred percent liver failure. And I ended up coding my, I had cardiac arrest in the hospital and, and they defibrillated me back to life. And it was a crazy, a crazy experience. And, you know, I cannot believe that I put myself through that because it was not worth it. You know, I had a, it was my ex-wife, but I had, you know, a wife and a, and a daughter on the way. My, she was pregnant. And I remember in the hospital, there's nothing like being in a hospital by yourself because everybody had left, which I kind of thought was strange. But I think that it, it was for a reason because I needed some time with myself. Hearing your own flatline, not being able to do anything to do with it, and then boom, dark. And I will never forget what that feeling was. And in the days following, of, of and then you know getting defibrillated back to life, and that was an experience. And like figuring out, okay, like I'm here for something else. And it, so many people kept telling me that and it was so hard to accept it. Like there's so, like, it's funny, like we get compliments and everything. It's like, yeah. like, oh no, thank you. Like, right. oh, you don't have, oh no, I'm good. Like, and it's like, no, like, accepting that and be like owning that and saying that no, I'm, I am here for a bigger purpose and I do feel like that. And I, I, now I'm not taking this second life for granted. I do not want to take this second life for granted. And I want to be able to be the best person I can possibly be because you don't know when you're, when, if tomorrow's promised. That's right. I thought I was on top of the world. I had one first place at the bodybuilding competition. Um, I was going to, I already was signed up for a bodybuilding competition shortly thereafter. That was like a pro show, the biggest one in Salt Lake city. Yeah. And I'm super excited to do that. And like, I thought that was going to be who I was and I want, you know, doing it for the gram, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to mm -hmm. do this, put it out there. Now I got to do it because I put it out on the gram. So, but, but that, you know, I know it's a long, long answer, but that's, that's what I've had to let go is that it's okay to kind of change your identity of who you are about who you really feel like you are, not who other people feel like that you are. Mm -hmm. Like 
yeah, does it hurt my soul? And people were like, hey, man, what's going on? You're not as big as you used to. Like, I used to be 240 pounds. Like, I was a lot bigger. Wow. And, like, yeah, it's okay. Like, yeah, I'm doing this, yeah. I'm doing that. Like, like now I'm trying to lose more muscle because I'm like, hey, I want to golf more. Yeah. Like, I got to be flexible. I'm yeah. doing this. I'm like. But I get it, though. Like, I competed in Fitness Universe, Fitness America. Yeah. And that's actually how I ended up finding personal development or network marketing. But I totally get it because it's like you get that lean yep. and it's like a your whole look and it's like, wow, you look good. You yeah. look amazing. Can you teach me how to do that? Right. And it's like a mind F. Oh, so bad. It's such a, it actually made me have an eating disorder. Me too. Like I, I can't tell you how many times, like even I, today I still struggle with it. Same. And it's like, oh it's like, I, I don't know how many times I've starved myself to the day currently. And like, I have a trainer now and he's like, bro, you've got to stop doing this. And my problem is, is now I'm in, I have stage four kidney disease. I'm going to need a transplant. I'm going to need probably a liver transplant because we can't get that thing going. I have tumors all over my, my liver and I have a, uh, my heart isn't the best because of everything that, that I went through. And like my body starts when you, you know, you eat, when you're in a caloric deficit, your body starts to burn muscle as fuel. Well, that's, that's what happens and starts clogging your kidneys. And so I'm always in this state of kidney failure, not being my coach. Like you're gonna kill yourself by not eating. Like you need to be, like you can't, you can't not eat because you feel like that you didn't do what you need, like all these things. Like you need to eat because your right. body is gonna start naturally burning. So I'm in this weird time, but it's so hard because, like to the world, that's who Jason is. I've always been the you know the bigger guy mm -hmm. in school, and I cared about more about bodybuilding, not really like sports stuff. Like that yeah. guy was in sports, but yeah. I kept getting hurt and. Was, I golfed, mm -hmm. and so, but now it's 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 hard. I can people, oh, you, like, what's going on? What's going on there? Like, you know, especially like, oh my gosh, we're going to Mexico, and I'm gonna have to have my shirt off. Like, I still act like that's a competition, and like almost died into the, yeah. to the trip. And I'm like, why do I keep like, yeah. try, literally trying to kill myself doing this? The the thing that has really, and I still suffer at times, but the thing that's helped me so so much is like. Every day I like ask God to heal that side of me and, and I almost like command it, those negative thoughts and, and really those thoughts that are making me feel like I'm suffocating because it does, it like, it literally, you oh, think about it all the time. But so the thing bad. you need to know is you look amazing. <laughs> it's how we see ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy to see yourself in the lens that you see yourself in versus how other people view you. And it's like, like I'm looking at you. I'm like, you're like a poster child for a cover. Mo like what? Yeah. So then like you mentally, know? I'm like, oh, like making sure everything like, no. yeah. like, and so but, it's, but it's so hard. And like the biggest it. thing is like, I like you have to learn how to love yourself and, and that it's okay to be you. And like at the end of the day, like all that matters is you being mm -hmm. happy. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, like my, my wife, you know, used to dance for the University of Utah. She was an Arizona Cardinals wow. uh, NFL cheerleader. And then she danced for the Utah Jazz for a while. It's like, it's been, it's been crazy to see her like transformation into going from that, which was her identity. And then now she's like becoming a mom and she's pregnant and all these things. And it's like, she doesn't even care who she used to. She's like, I just yeah. love, and I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I, I can't let it go. And she's like, I'm, I'm a mom. I'm doing what I love to do. And I'm like, you have like, babe, you got it. Like I, yeah. I need some like coach me through this because I'm having these, these mental blocks, yeah. but it's been like, it's been pretty recent for me of learning to love myself and just being okay with me. And at the end of the day, like my mom always used to say like, Hey, you don't work for the committee called day. 
Yeah. They think and they this yes. and they. So Work good. for yourself. Do things for you. Make yourself happy. Don't make they happy because then yeah. they, they don't care. Yeah. And they don't matter. So true. And so that's been, it's been a learning experience. And like, like recently, uh, I, I feel the best. I feel mm-hmm. happy. My, my mind is clear. I feel like my health is actually getting maybe better, I hope. Yeah. And I just, I'm having more yeah. fun. Yeah, that's so good. It is getting better. Every day, just keep telling, like, it's getting yeah. better. I'm getting better. Like, you yeah. just have to speak that and speak that because the power of our tongue, you For know, sure. is so powerful. Oh, it is, it is powerful. Oh, my gosh. It is. When you were in the hospital, was it, like, this moment of, like, I, I got to change or this is a new way to look at life? Or, like, what brought you closer to your faith? Like, do you think this moment did? Or... You know what? It's kind of, I don't think it really hit me until a little bit after. Like recovering? Yeah, like, like recovering. Like when you came and then, home, like how long did you have to So recover? I was in the hospital for three days. Um, three and four, oh, four, I think three days, three nights. Um, and I I was, you know, I'm always a joke. Everything's fine, like this and that and the other. Like, like I'm just always joking and different things like that. And I don't think it really hit me until... I was driving home and I'm going to get emotional. I was driving home and I was, I could not remember how to get home. And I remember calling my ex-wife just bawling saying like, I cannot remember how to get home. And she's like, why are you driving? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sitting in a, in a, in a Smith's local grocery store parking lot sobbing. And like, I don't remember how to get home. And like that night, I remember just being like, why God, like, why did this happen to me? And I just remember feeling like this, this feeling of you're here for a reason, like you're here for a reason, you're here for a reason. I'm like, what reason, what reason, what reason? And shortly thereafter, this guy saw me and he was like, gave me a huge hug. I don't even remember. I, I did not even know who he was. And it was like, I just want to let you know I'm happier here. And I can feel the energy that you're going to do amazing things. And you're going to, you're going to, you're going to ch- change the world. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like right. I'm an I'm an RV at this time I was in the RV business. I was navigating that. And and then it's like another time I would see somebody and they'd be like, like you're gonna you're you're here for a reason. I, I remember the doctor coming in the day after, um, because all that like when I'm in cardiac arrest is like three o'clock in the morning and nobody was nobody's there and it was just crazy. And she came in and was like, You're Someone must be looking out for you, and, and you must be here for a lot of reasons because you shouldn't have made it. And I'm like, and so it's like you think about like all these times. It's like like almost God's putting it in your face. Like you're yeah. here for a reason. You're here for a reason. Yeah. And ever since, like I started to really focus. Now it took time for me to find my my niche and my love and like my passion for things. Like yeah. I just was trying to navigate that because a lot happened back then, and I have noise of the dealership. This and like a lot, and I got divorced in the middle of that, mm-hmm. and so. A lot happened, but now I feel like, and it's funny, like I had an epiphany about about this time last year, and it was like, I'm here to, like, I want to speak. I want to help people. I want to, like, a vision. I want to I want to get people to realize that they can do something great. They can put their mind to it. And almost specifically, like, my generation, uh, we have been talked to so poorly about, oh, you don't want to work, and you don't want to do this, and don't yeah. want to do that. And it's like, hey, like, we're the next generation about to take over pretty much all the jobs. So yeah, I'm pretty sure you guys should start, you know, giving yeah. us some some props and some motivation uh, instead of being like, oh, well, the world's right, screwed now. And right. so 
I started to have like this liar or this fire lit under my, my butt that I was like, hey, I got to do something great. And, you know, started the podcast, started culture, like putting everything down on paper. And it, it's crazy because I had this network marketing journey and then now I'm starting to use everything that I learned in this network marketing journey. And I'm like, like I can look back and be like, oh, it set me back. It didn't set me back. Like wow. I, I, I had to learn. Right. I had to go through the journey. I had to be set up. Like, like the, the, everything happens for a reason. And I had to go through the fire. I had to go through learning and maturing and growing as a leader and being able to speak and being able to lead thousands of people and all these things to what I'm doing now. And it's like, oh, like a mentor used to say, hey, look at every situation like a blessing or a lesson. Mm. And sometimes it's both. Oh my gosh, you're firing firing me up so hardcore (laughs) right now. I'm like literally bouncing in my seat because, you know, and it's been said so many times, but network marketing is like a personal development plan with a paycheck attached to it, right? And like the skills that you have to learn to build any kind of sales team, especially in that profession. Oh yeah. It's skills, man. And like, that's why I always say like, you know, I started when I was 23. How old were you when you started? You opened your first account? Um, I was 20, I was like 19. 19? Yeah, Yeah. like you learn so much. You you have to learn how to find people to talk to, talk to the people, to close the people, to build the team, to build out the team. You have to learn how to speak all the things. I'm like, you could take me and throw me into anything right now and I could figure it out. Oh yeah. Because of that. So let's... Talk about that because okay. there's a lot of people. There's we got two camps here listening to this show. We've got a lot of people that are in network marketing, whether it's a side gig or it's their full time, and then we have some people that they're entrepreneurs and they're very skeptical of network marketing. Right. So, like, let's talk about your upbringing and then your build. So my upbringing was wild. Um, my mom and dad were in Amway. And they joined in 1982. And the only reason I remember this is because my dad had a diamond necklace that was 82 one carat diamonds. And I'll never forget that. It was one pound of gold, 82 carats diamonds. Or 82 carat, one carat diamonds. It was kind of crazy necklace. But he bought that necklace because it represented the year that he joined. So he joined in 1982. Obviously, that was way before me. Um, and he came from nothing. You know, just his his dad was... Actually, we found out that his my grandpa was very important in the military, but we had, he had no idea. Yeah, he lived in you know, a small suburb of of like I get you can't even really say it was Salt Lake City, but it was in Roy, Utah, very you know lower income, um, and he just had a dream and burning desire to live on the bench where everybody lived, you know, up on the side of the mountain. Uh-huh. And you know, he they they started from from nothing, got involved in a great system, and grew that network marketing business to over a million people, thirty two countries like selling out, like I'm talking selling out where people are on the outside of the arena is 15,000 plus. Like they had a, 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 uh, an event at the Georgia Dome with 97,000 people for a three-day event that it was completely sold out. And you can actually see some YouTube videos of that event. Um, Les Brown, um, his famous talk, is, I believe I can win, them was filmed there. So I, you know, after I can show you the video. And it's it, not it over pans, till I win. Or it's not over till it's I win. It's not over till I win. Exactly. I grabbed some of those lines one time. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, so yeah. it like pans out into the crowd. That's at the Georgia Dome. That's my mom and dad's event. And so it, it was crazy. Like one time they, you know, back then there was no cell phones, no paper, no internet, no nothing. Like you had to actually physically call the company and you were called a direct. And which would be about 25,000 points usually in about, you know, say today's terms. And so you had to call the company. So you'd get all your team's orders from the 25,000 point, right? And you'd, you'd have all these, and you'd call the company, do all the orders. They'd ship them all to you, and then you'd have product pickup. So that just was, so people are clear, people would come to the house yep. 
and they would line up and they would pick up their products. Yep. Okay, just to let you know next time you complain about your company e shipping. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and yeah, there was like direct, you know, hopefully there was one in your city. There's, I mean, not rumors, but there's stories of people driving four hours every yeah. time they had to do a product pickup. Yeah. And so, like well, my mom and dad in one time, so there's a, a arena call in Salt Lake City called the Vivint, Vivint Arena, which is where the Utah Jazz play. They were doing an event there. And they usually did like stadiums and arenas like that. And so they're doing an event there. Somehow there's a miscommunication of how many tickets. And remember, this is, there's no, it's all facts. So like they're all faxing with my mom and dad's, um, off, you know, people that work in their office, writing down how many people are coming to the event. And then once it hits cap, they can't, they can't do it. They got it flooded and they oversold the event by like another 15,000 people. And so now they have the smart home arena, 15,000, I think it's, you know, feet, seats 15, 16,000 people. They went and got another arena where the University of Utah men, or, you know, basketball stadium is. They sold that out called the Huntsman Center. Then they went to the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City and sold that out. And so they had like a crew where they're running between each event center and speaking and doing all these things. And they have live feeds. They couldn't feed even simulcast it. It was crazy. No, back then it was like yeah. they did have live feeds, but like we had we had all of our own equipment. Like we had a whole, like it, we look like a tour of like a rock. We so had this semis is where the RVs it. came in. Yeah. So we had tour buses. So like when you would go back to one of our events, there would be 20 tour buses of all the speakers back there. And that was their thing. So this is how you grew up. That's I, I grew up on the road pretty much in a tour bus. My mom and dad would literally pick us up from school. The last day of school, park it right there in the front, hop in the, in the, in the bus or the coach, we called it. We tour around for three months and then they drop us back off about a week before school They'd move, they'd keep going on because they're on the road about 300 days a year. We'd go school, school shopping, and then we would they would go to school and they'd be doing their thing. And this was every single weekend they'd go from event to event to event, and then stopping at houses every night. Like they were they they were I, I cannot believe we did not go on a vacation for 17 years. They grinded that hard. To, and it was it because they loved it or they didn't want to lose it or so they were just in momentum. That's just how hard you had to work to make it work, uh -huh. and you know hustling. Right? I mean, it's it's not easy. And there's a reason why, you know, there's successful people and not, I mean, it takes, it, it, it's hustle. And my dad was like me, he's extreme. And we literally did not go on a vacation for 17 years after they, they got in the business and that didn't have to do with the, with the company, right? Like we went to Hawaii, right. but it was for the company. Yeah, like we went yeah. to all these things and it was funny because I can't tell you how many times I've been to Hawaii, but I only have seen my parents in Hawaii once. And it was this last time I went like a, like a month ago with my family because it was, it's crazy, you know, the way it was set up, they... They are actually having meetings and conferences and stuff in Hawaii, and I we were just it. chilling, right? Yeah. And so, um, that, I mean, that was our life. I mean, going to the White House and having dinner with presidents and like George Foreman and Johnny Cash and Norman Schwarzkopf and Norman Vincent Peale and like all the like Robert Kiyosaki, all these people. Like, this is how like every single it was normal, and this is just what happened. Like, you know. So what do you? I'm just imagining a little wee one you. You know. Yeah. Like I'm imagining like. Did you like sit and listen to your parents? Were you running around? Did so when you we were little, <laughs> that they were changing lives or at least trying to or giving people hope or educating them. So when we were little, we were running around causing trouble. Yeah. Um, and then when we got a little older. We were told we had to speak. You know, sit in the in the uh, and we got no like special like backs like my mom and dad. When we got a little older, there's a no backstage. But like we would attend like regular people, go stay in our hotel and attend like regular people and leave like. They're kind of now thinking about that, just saying that is kind of goofy. But, um, you know, I cannot understand why everybody loved my mom and dad. So I'm like, they just spanked me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why right. you guys like these people right. so much. Right. I, I wish to, I wish that I could have been a fly on the wall 
when they were like having a movement across really the world. I mean, they talk about like when they were in Germany and all these places and down in Brazil. Like, and I'm like, I wish that I could have been a fly on the wall because they they got out on Amway in 2008, and I was in like um, ninth grade, I think, or eighth to ninth grade. And I didn't really understand at that time. I like really didn't understand what was going on. I just right. think they were gone a lot. Right. And but like he had owned like a ton of restaurants and office buildings and development wow, companies, so all he doing invested. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he has massive amounts of portfolios and commercial Amazing. buildings. They had a home building company that built thousands of homes. They owned a bunch of restaurants. They owned like twelve Johnny Carinos, which is kind of like an Olive Garden franchise. Like we owned a, a Costa Vida. We kind of found it, helped found Costa Vida, which is like a a fast casual Mexican, you know. Um, food place and I, I mean I've seen him just change like honestly like in Ogden where we're from I've seen him like change the landscape of Ogden in as far as like commercial real estate and things like that and but he always kept his focus on the cash cow is what he calls so I'm focusing on the cash cow and he, he never let that up and I wish that I could have seen it but now now I appreciate it because I'm meeting so many people that's like like you don't understand how your dad impacted me I mean I, I'm not even I was at a conference last year Maybe it was two years ago. And it was two years ago now. <laughs> I was at an event and the guy introduced me and he was like, he stood there staring at me and I'm like, what happened? Like, got something on my mouth. And he yeah. was like, you're Jason Haugen? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, is your dad Randy Haugen and your mom Valerie Haugen? And I was like, yes. He bolted. And I'm like, I don't know what just happened. Comes back and he's like, I still listen to their CD. He has a CD of them and he's like, it changes my life. Like, it's changed my life. He owned a massive company. And he's like, I am a multimillionaire because of your mom and dad. Can I talk to them? And I was like, face off my dad. I was like, hey, dad, this guy wants to talk to you. Ah. And he was like, hey, I was like, and he was like crying. And I'm like, that, like, talking about impact and impact, like, that is, like, that's, like, that's awesome. And this is the part people don't get. Right. That torques me to the nth degree. They don't get that they come into an opportunity, yes, to make money, but they don't get that they're also getting personal development. Right. Which, even though this person might not become the next millionaire, they could have learned so much development that got them out of an abusive relationship. Right. They could have learned a whole different mindset that's going to break generational curses. They don't get that side of it, of like what your parents did, putting them in a growth environment, immersing people and helping them with development. Right. Yeah, there's you know? so much to network marketing and what it can. I wish people could see the power and feel the power of that yeah. because it is so important. And it has literally changed. Like, you know, my mom and there's thousands, hundreds, and, and thousands of people who became multimillionaires because of my mom and dad and the teachings of what they've done. Like, I can't even imagine. And I, I don't even think my mom and dad think about it. Because that was just, they were just grinding. And like a lot of times, I mean, they had they had a group of 45,000 people in Florida that my dad never even knew existed because there was no way that you could back then. That he got called up and was like, hey, we need you to come speak. And then who's it for? Oh, it's free. Like, we're in your group. And he's like, oh, what? Like, this is great. And so he went down and he's like, it's, for, like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, they don't even really know the name. Like, everything yeah. was kind of like a guess. And like, Amway one time flew out their corporate people and wanted to meet with them. And they were like, you sold us out of kits. And they're like, this is the first time in our, you know, since 1953, 1953, I think is when Amway was founded. He's like, we've never been sold out of, out of, 
And my dad's like, okay, is that a bad mm -hmm. thing? And they're like, what, what are you doing? Like, we don't even know what's going on. And so, mm -hmm. like, it was, cr like, not, like I'm sure there's a lot of stories. Yeah. And we can have, like, a campfire so talk many with my dad. Story. I but... mean, this is just so fascinating. And if anyone's listening right now, like, Amway is the pioneer of the right. profession. I mean, truly, like, truly, truly. So when did you get involved? Like, when were you, like, and I want to know this, Jason. Were you, like, I want to build? Or were they, like, you should build? My mom and dad actually were, like, hey, you... So when we turned 16, mom and dad, like, you're on your own, you're, you're your own person. Like, work, you don't get car, you don't get anything. Like, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, they're like, hey, we're rich, you're broke. Like, unless you have a job and then you're still broke. Like, Love it. And so I worked at, a, I worked at one of their uh, fast food chains, and I was making $7.25 an hour, mm. working four-hour shifts twice a week. I thought I was rolling in cash. I had enough money to go bowling a couple yes. times a month. Like, and so that was the expectation. We never expected much from them. Like, and which, like, I don't want that to sound bad. Like, that was just... I love that they did that for us. Like, mm -hmm. I love that they were like, hey, like we're not going to give you everything. We're going to give you knowledge. We're going to let you come to the conferences. We're going to give you this. We're going to feed into you. Every dinner table is a seminar. Like, If there was a book called Highly Effective, Seven Highly Effective Habits of a Toddler, we would have been reading it, like picture book. Like uh -huh. maybe, they, maybe Stephen Covey can come out with that, right? And so um, you know, that's what they did for us. And so uh, I always wanted to do what mom and dad did. And when I got out of high school, I worked at GNC. I'm not gonna lie, I was a Hollister model. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I did the shirtless like greeting. I did he the, still uh, smells yeah. like Hollister. Yeah, by that, the way. That, no, I've, I've upgraded. That's Louis Vuitton now. <laughs> That's kidding. Louis Vuitton. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I did like the shirtless greeting. Like, yeah, I did all yeah, that. Yeah, so you like, did. Yeah, yeah, it was a good yeah. time. Like, like a whistle, yeah, some red shorts. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did everything. Okay. And so. <laughs> Um, I, I've transferred to GNC and that's where I really got heavily yeah. into bodybuilding and then, but I always wanted to do what mom and dad did. And I had a really bad experience at a manager at GNC, which is kind of like when I, when I speak, I talk a lot about him because he's the reason I quit. And I was, I wanted to own franchises and do that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, Hey, you know, we'll do network marketing. My dad was like, Hey, there's, you know, some people of a company they were previous with are founding a company and we can go and we can, you know, we can do this. And so that like, cool. And so I always wanted to just do what mom and dad did because they had the freedom to to have. We had a great house. I mean, it was like a twenty plus thousand square foot. I mean, we had all kinds of really cool stuff. I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful state. I'm like, I want to do what they did. Everybody's like, what are you gonna do when you grow up? Whatever they did, because they have everything. You know, the freedom. Um, but like, but now thinking about it, I, I wanted the the influence and impact and the meaning they had behind their lives because. They're more known for how impactful they've been than their money they've made, totally. the differences they made, the yeah. many times they've actually like like paid for Thanksgiving dinners with the homeless, like all these things they've done. And so like I wanted to be them. And so I joined a network marketing company in, in February of 2013. I think it was February 16th, 2013 is when our official sign-up date was. Yes, yeah, so and, yep. and so we kind of were off to the races. My mom and dad got hit with a non-compete from another company. We could have won it, but it would have, the non-compete was only for a year. And my, my, they're like, hey, by the time this all shakes out in court, it's going to be a year. So we'll just, we'll, you know, we'll stop doing their thing and you guys go do your thing. They wouldn't even let us hold meetings at their house. And I'm like, dude, who's going to listen to an 18-year-old, 19-year-old dude that has nothing and so because we were playing it on using the house because yeah. it was a gnarly house so they didn't yeah. know a basketball court and all that stuff 
And so we were holding like mansion parties and so people would come up and not really know what's going on. And we had like a video you could play. So we would have in the theater, there'd be this, you know, a hundred people sitting there, like, you know, cause they're coming up to a party, people bringing cake. It was wild. And we just play this video and then we would just have like a, like a, like a assembly line of people signing up oh, and wow. then we'd give them stuff and yes. then overnight packs and yes. all these things and like all that. And so <sighs> we, uh, like thinking about it now, it's kind of barbaric, but I am still known today for the mansion parties, which this is funny because my, my wife now is like, you were that kid that was throwing the mansion parties. And I'm like, yeah, obviously you didn't come and get signed up, but it's okay. Dang, I had hotel meetings, boring. Yeah. Well, then we, when, once okay. mom and dad had that non-compete and everything, we transferred huh. to the hotel. We actually transferred like hotels and everything's in the area, but I'm like, how do we have the credibility? So we went and signed up some of their old family people. Like we did a bunch of stuff with the group. And then started to put all the credibility on like our leadership and then built it that way. Um, but I, I became a very good like team builder, speaker, motivator person. I was not necessarily the best recruiter, which everybody has their superpower, right? Totally. Like some people, they're, they're just recruiting machines. Totally. That wasn't me. I was yeah. more of like, hey, let's have a party. You're the like, visionary. The vision. Like I can speak You'll and I can inspire you. Yeah. If you get people there, I'll yeah. sign them up by just talking to them. Same. Yeah. We are so. Yeah. And so I'm yeah, like, you know, brother, that, mother. that was yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it kind of blew up from there. We had, we signed up yeah. thousands of people. I say we, because I have a twin brother and we did everything together. And, and you so, guys are the babies. We are the babies. Of four. So, of four, yep, okay. yep. So I'm one minute older than him, so I guess okay. he's the baby. Yes. Um, I always joke that I was the planned one, he was the oopsie. Um, but no, he's a great dude. He actually works um, in our company and does all the inventory management. And is just a fantastic, phenomenal wow. dude. A little side hustle with a bunch of food trucks he has. And yeah. he's just a, just a great guy. Wow. So yeah, the network marketing journey was wild. It lasted from 2013 to 2019. Ups and downs with different companies kind of you know, being, being bought and sold. Um, you know, I learned a lot in network marketing and had like massive amounts of leg. Like I had a massive leg, um, leave and go to a different company and which affected me in a massive way. Yeah. And so then that was like, okay, maybe Jason, you maybe do have to recruit some people mm -hmm. and have some outside legs going mm -hmm. on. And I'm like, okay. So like, there's a, there's a lot into that, but I had so much fun and learned so much. I got to speak, speak a lot, mm. met some of my best friends, um, impacted in, in many, many ways from the stories and watching people succeed and, you know, high school kids and like right out of, right out of high school, having a lot of success and like changing their families. And, and you know, most of it getting back to as a self development like their parents were attracted to us because their kids were changing and like, Hey, what's going on yes. in this company? Yeah. We want to be a part of it. And it was so cool to watch that go. And I had a blast and I, yeah. I love the industry. Yeah. It can do so many positive things for you. Not only do a lot of the products rock, yeah. but it's, it's the system and the people that really is for me. And yeah. I love going to the events. There's power in it. Yeah. There's just so much like there's the vibe is crazy. It's electric and yeah, I just, it's a great, great industry. It's so cool. Yeah. This is so amazing. There's, I bet there's so many people listening, just smiling right now, like parents that are building it and they, just like hearing just how much you grew from watching your parents, then you doing it, yeah. which is so incredible. And then now running your own company. So you, how many locations do you have so of have your RV? Nine locations. We have three in Oregon, nine. four in Utah, two in Missouri. So how are you here right now? Um, so I, I have, and this is like, I do a lot of like coaching and teaching on this, on this is like, I, I systemize everything. And instead of making everything a superstar-based business, I, I want a system-based business. I want it to run without me. And so I don't want to have all the answers. I want to have a team that has all the answers and put the credibility on everybody else. And so I have 
a team that basically, you know, the business runs 90, 95% without me. And I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, I don't have any email. Like I was looking at my, my phone before this. I have no emails, no calls. Um, I just, you know, it's just running. It's so you're like thing. an owner instead of an operator. Yeah, I'm working on the business that in the business. I'm mm -hmm. looking how to grow strategically mm -hmm. and different things like that. And I'm like I and I'm getting obsessed with just like playing the chess and doing the different things with with the business and so mm -hmm. becoming um, like it, it took a long time like I had to you know I had to crawl and then walk and then yeah, run yeah. and sprint but so been, how how many years has it been from 2018 so it's been five I just had my five year anniversary oh my goodness yeah only five years yeah you've done all that in five years mm-hmm whoa that's amazing thank you it's been it's been a great ride with a great team. I mean, they're fantastic. I would put them up against anybody in the RV industry, and you know, they're they're you know talking about people that surround your like you surround yourself with people that want you to win. Um, they see me doing my thing with podcasts because I you know I have the Culture Camp podcast and then speaking and they're like, hey, do your thing. Like, so that's here. here we got to hear this because you're doing this with me today, which I'm so grateful. You know. You are speaking at events, which yep. we should talk about in a little bit. Yep. Um, you have your podcast. You're putting out content left and right. Every time I get up, I'm like, oh, you beat me to it. Your reel's <laughs> already up. Here I come. You know? Shout like, out to Vinny. Vinny, yeah, appreciate you're you. just crushing. Why? why? I, think, uh, I think certain people be like, why don't you have enough? What's causing you to do all this? That's a great question. I... I get fulfillment by, pe by seeing people succeed. It's not point. When I grew up, I grew up never talking about money in a positive or negative way. That was never a thing for us. So it's not really like the front of my like thoughts. It's how many people can we help and impact lives. And like that will obviously like Jim always says like you get enough, you help enough people get what they want, you get what you want. And so I really believe that in business and in life right now. And then so I want to help people and I love seeing people happy and like succeed. And I love the DMs like, you know, hey, thank you so much for that reel. It's helped me or like the yeah. comments or like my podcast or like what like, that is what's in it for me right now. And it's not a money grab. It's not anything like that. Like it's, it's, it's honestly like, and I don't know if this is selfish, but it's, it's making, I want to like that. That's fulfilling life for me. Like that. No, to say not. like what fulfills you that fulfills me. It's not selfish at all. It's selfless. It's it's the right motives matter. And I always, when I pray, I say, God, please give me a pure heart. Like, please, if I am doing things for the wrong reasons, please check me. Like, I ask God, like, check me. Right. Like, there's been times where opportunities have come, and I'm like, this is pure ego, and it's not the right thing. And I say no to that. Right. But I truly believe that motives matter. Right. And... The reason you're getting fulfillment is because you're in service to other people. Yeah, that's that's. I feel like you know my second chance. I feel like that's what I want to do is is serve, is, is serve as much as I can. Like literally, when I when we do our directors meetings, I I always say, "What's your number one job?" And everybody goes to serve. Like we are here to serve. We are here to set people mm. up for success. And our my number one job is to set everybody up for success as best as I possibly can. Mm. And that is through serving and, and, and getting them in situation, really coach, like whatever I possibly can to do that. And that, that is my purpose, I feel like. And that's what I want to share. And like, you know, this was never like, a, oh, I want to be this person or that, whatever it is. Like I, 
like how it came, kind of came about is, is a lot of people kind of say like, hey, like you should start a podcast. You should put content on on, on Instagram because like we didn't even know you had eight, eight dealerships. Like I like a year ago is when I started my social media journey. Yeah. And huh. like, like we don't even know you have any of this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, I like that's not why I'm doing it. And it's like, but you're helping me. And like yeah. you taking a picture of with your family or like maybe on your plane or whatever, like that's motivating me because you're so young. I'm like, but I don't want to be that conceited dude. Like that's not my heart. My heart would be, okay. And then, you know, I got told by a mentor, like you can do things in a good and bad way. And if your intention is, and then you, you help the perception because it doesn't matter what your intention is. It's all about the perception. That's right. And, and being upfront with that and so it's like hey like if you do something like that or whatever like do it with a heart in your heart that you're trying to help people and show people that they can get what they want if they just follow their dreams and they can have this amazing life you know and I got to give it to you you are like you're doing it classy and pure and it's like so freaking motivating it's motivating me over here thank you okay let's go it's it's that's that's so good how how do you have time for your wife and your family? So she, I make time. You I make mean, time. Yeah, I make time. She's and a priority, right? She's a priority. She's yeah. the greatest thing ever. Um, she is pregnant right now, Yay. and so we are expecting a daughter. I cannot wait. Um, in September is when you know when she's due, and just she's she's a the, my biggest fan, and I'm her biggest fan, and she is one of the most unbelievable ladies I have ever met in my life. Like she is a strong woman. She's hilarious. She checks me. Um, she's very strong minded. Um, now we, we have a lot of healthy debates and different things, but it's always with good intentions, but, uh, she's just, she's just amazing. And I, I schedule time out and I, I like my assistant, like to my assistant, my team, like I set the expectations, like, like, and this sounds bad and some business owners are going to shoot me and like, look, if my expectation is I'm not missing a soccer game, you don't miss a soccer game. Like I will never miss a soccer game. So don't miss a soccer game. And sometimes that's like hard to do and whatever. And I do miss and whatever. But like that's my expectation. That's me. And yeah. so, and I try to do everything for my daughter. Like I, I'm divorced. So I only have her every Thursday and every other Thursday to Monday. Mm-hmm. And so they all know Jason's off on Thursdays. Jason, you know, it's, I'm, I, I know exactly when her dance schedule is. So maybe I'll do some things during her dance schedule. But I like to go to dance and watch her dance. Like Aww. I like to have the Chick-fil-A dates because she loves Chick-fil-A. Like Aww. I like to do that thing yeah. because when I, previous marriage, um, I thought that making money was enough and I never cared about being at home. I never cared cause I didn't feel like that was like, I'm doing enough. Like that's okay. Right now I'm almost an extreme. My wife's like, you needed to go on a guy ship or do something to get out of here. <laughs> and so, but now I'm like, I, I, I love her to death and like, and, and I love my daughter. And I love being home. And I used to think it was a, a bragging right and a trophy to say, oh, I'm a diamond on Delta. And I flew 120 times this year mm. and this and that. Now I'm like. Um, I was actually talking to to Dusky, one of my really good buddies, driving to your house today. Is I want to be the dad and I want to be the person that brags about how many soccer games they've been to and mm. how many dance recitals they've been to, not how many times they've been on a plane. Yeah. And learning how to be more effective that way and mm. just, but really making time, like scheduling my time out with intention and making sure there's time for me and her mm-hmm. in you know, because before baby, you know, now when my daughter's not with us, it's just me and Mikhail, which is awesome. Yeah. I, I appreciate that time. Um, you know, not ideal situation, but I do appreciate yeah. that time. And now it's like, hey, your baby's coming. Like, we got to do stuff on us. So it's like, hey, we're going to Mexico at the end of the month. Like, we got to have these moments for us. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that and that means a lot to me. Like, that's why I do what I do. Like, I do not, like, do what I do in business to live like a suffrage life. Like, yeah. I don't. 
and it's like I'm not like working all these hours to not be able to go with my wife. Right. Did you so. have to work on that mindset shift or? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you know what hit me hard? Getting served for divorce letter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, what? Like, you know, and I, I knew it was coming and we kind of just split apart and goals changed everything. Like she, my ex-wife is one of my best friends. She's my wife's like one of her best friends. Um, and, you know, her husband's like one of my, like, we're just That's this one great. big happy family. Yeah. Like, no one ever knows whose kids are whose because yeah. they're all crawling over us. And like yeah. me and, um, you know, I call her Remy's dad. It's Remy's dad. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not that guy. Like my ego, like I, they better have that relationship where if, like, if you don't act like you're her dad, I'm going to punch you in the face because Remy needs, like my daughter needs you in her life to be just as present as me because I'm, I don't have an ego. I care about my, my daughter. My daughter needs you. And if I'm out of town or I'm gone or I don't have her and she's in a situation, I'm almost going to cry. If she's in a situation that you're not there, like shame on you. You are her father. You are her dad. I'm already saying we're walking her down the aisle together. Like you need to be there in her life. And so like we, like me and her, me and, me and uh, my daughter and him will take all the girls skiing. Like, and people were like, looking at us, we're like, look, it, it doesn't, it's not how it looks. Like, yeah. you know, we're not together. Like, our yeah. wives are in there. And they're like, <laughs> oh, like, like, whose kid is this? And then we all raise our hand. And yeah. they're like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah. And so, yeah. but I love that. Like, I, I, I love that we've been able to get to these barriers. And there's yeah. no, like, it's, it's not crazy for me. And, but it's taken, it's taken time to do that. And it's, it, it was a reality check getting, getting divorced. And I don't wish that on my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we grew apart in different things, but I can't tell you how many times I'd sit there bawling that I lost everything. And I mean, my daughter was only like maybe six, six, seven months old. And I'll never forget this. It was June 1st and of 2019 and my world changed or June 2nd, 2019, my world changed. And that was tough. That was really, really tough, but it's made me a much better human being on the other end. Like I, I, don't, I don't hope I don't have to go through anything like that again. Um, but I, it was like God almost like checking me. It's like smacking me upside the yeah. head saying like, I've told you a million times to stop doing this. Like check yourself. And yeah. I, I, every time that I see my ex-wife, I almost, I, I'm sitting there like speech. It's like, I cannot believe I did this to us. Like, I'm so sorry. Like I I'm so sorry. And she's like, stop. Like she actually, my tattoo right here on my arm is me and my daughter and my, my ex-wife tattooed this on my arm. Oh, that's amazing. And it's my favorite picture of me and my daughter when she oh. was a little girl. And like, it meant a lot that my, my, my ex-wife could tattoo that on my arm. I'm like, I, yeah. And so it's just been, it, it, that was a tough situation, but it, it broke it, you open though. Oh, it did. I always say you can either be broken or broken open. Right. And like the pain, because I went through no child, but a divorce. And I remember just being like, my world is over. I wanted to hide from the world. You go through all the stages of like anger. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to, you know, like it's just you. It's everyone that's listening that's ever gone through a hardship, you know. Right. It's like you feel like your world is completely well, Especially over. when that's part of your identity <laughs> oh. in, in like network marketing in front of people. Oh, I'm not up. saying like it's network marketing, but it's like you're there together all the time. You're public figures together. Yeah. And so it's like my first event when I didn't show up with her, everybody's like, what's going on here? And then it's like everybody starts to talk. But you know what? I got a lot of support from a lot of people that literally just come up and just hug me. And I don't know if I just looked broken and probably did. But it, it was hard. Mm-hmm. 
it was hard. I, I it was a lesson that it shook me to my core, and it took me a long time to to realize, like the you know what had happened. Mm-hmm. Isn't it so cool though how like God went to work on you and He like shaped you and like oh, yeah. look at that. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I think about it now, and I'm like. Man, I, I, I'm like, why did I have to go through all these situations? But, but I'm that stubborn of a person. My personality is that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a like, you know, kind of a crazy dude, wild dude, and 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 I, I needed that. And, you know, God the, did some amazing things in my life, mm-hmm. and I, I, and I changed so much. I mean, my my church actually asked me to come speak because they're like, you've changed a lot. Like my school actually had me come speak. My old high school and was like, we we love, really love you to come speak to the students. And it's like that's like. Like and, and that fills me up. Like I love mm-hmm. helping kids and, yeah. and love love speaking into minds because they're just you know they're they're fragile minds and I I needed a lot of that growing up. Like I had it in my mom with my mom and dad, but a lot of it was like oh that's mom and dad. Mm-hmm. You know that's just what they say. Whatever yeah. they're trying to you know preach to us again. They're trying to do all these things, but like learning thinking about it now, it's like wow. Like you actually have impacted my life. And like when I talk now. I think back to when the last, like when I heard my dad say that on stage, I'm like, I can't believe I just said that. Like that's yeah. like, and it's it's been really cool to to kind of just see myself from the outside, like outside. You know, it's like wow, like and and I, I want to do things for the right reasons, and I I want to help people, and I want to un, like unleash like my my culture talks and the things like that with businesses. I think is going to help so much, and 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 that can still a vision and a dream. Like my my dad always used to joke with him. I'm like, you're the dream reaper. He could pull a dream out of someone oh. and like make them bawling. I mean, he you have fifteen thousand people bawling. My dad would speak, and my mom, and they're just amazing people. And I'm like, man, that's 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 amazing and impactful. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. God is it so proud of you too. Like I know he is. How do you grow your faith? Like, what do you do? Um, constantly reading and studying. Like, I, you know, I grew up in a Christian school and so uh-huh. we had Bible class every single day. And so I always felt like, oh, I'm getting enough, I'm getting mm-hmm. enough, I'm getting enough. But really, really, like I travel a lot of different things, but luckily now like COVID was an amazing thing as far as that. Like now everything is has to be online. So yeah. like before you did have it in some churches and different things, but now you have access to different churches and like your church. And so like, and then studying it, but then making it a priority. Yeah. Like I, I do make it a priority. Like I, like I, I got a, tattoo on my back of a cross because and my mom was like why did you do that and I'm like because so I could never deny you know that I am a Christian and I do believe and it's got Philippians 413 on it in the scroll and it says it and then I have trust in the Lord with all your heart on my heart and so it's been interesting people actually talk to me and like what is your heart what is now that's not a good thing I'm like gonna get it removed and redone because they're like what does it say and I'm like I know it's it's, and and we don't have to talk about that but like you know, it, it means a lot to me. Like, I want to, like, exclaim it. Like, I want to be, be all over. Like, I wear a cross, and, like, I want people to, to kind of be like, oh, yeah. And it's it's reading, it's studying, it's going to church, it's fellowshipping, you know, with, with people that are, you know, on the, aligned with you and in the same, you know, going on the same path as you and in connecting with people. And, like, I love it. I, I have a really good time, you know, at mm-hmm. church and different things and studying and listening to things. Like, and you're speaking about it boldly. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. Like people get in my car, no one thing, the only thing I'm listening to is two different things. Either Today's Christian on iTunes or worship, I love the worship 
in today's worship on iTunes. Oh, so and good. I just, I'm, that's me. Yeah. I'm all blasting it yeah. in my, like, I love the crazy sound system in my Tesla. I'm just pumping them, grind like it's getting me for, yeah. I listen to when I work out. Like, I, it just gets me in a, in a mood where I can think clearer, mm -hmm. clearer. Like, well, it's high frequency. Yeah. You know, it, it, everything, there's so many things that make up our frequency. And, and Einstein says everything in your life is a result of the frequency that you're on. Right. It, down to the music you play. Because the vibration is so much higher because it's gratitude, it's love, and which is the highest frequency. Right. So it's so beautiful right. that you do that. And it's just like, I always I always want the spirit like flowing all, every which way, yeah. right? Like in the car, in the, yeah. Yeah, like music. I have certain songs, like if I'm going through a, a hard time, there's a song, I think it's by, what's her last name? It's like Elizabeth Durst maybe or something, Durst. Uh -huh. like, and it's like says everything is going to be okay. And I'm like, yeah, like, hey, you know, yeah. like, or peace be still. There's a song called peace. And I'm like, so I'm just jamming on it. And like, sometimes like I've broken down in the shower when I just, I'm having issues with this or that, or maybe I'm having a problem at work or a problem with a certain person. Don't really know. Like I just jam out to that and just sit there and, and so listen to it. So you still break down. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm me. I got, I, I'm still breaking down. I'm still like, I still have my moments where I'm frustrated and I, you know, I can get mad or, or, or like, you know, especially when everybody's looking at me, like, what do we have the answer? Like, we need the answer. And especially like right now in the RV industry is a horrible time to be in the RV industry. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't have to get in details, but hemorrhaging cash, like it's going out of style. And and like not knowing what to do. Like, the, like when you have millions on the line and you're like, hey, I know what we're going to do April 10th. But how do we pay for things April 11th? And having those deep conversations mm -hmm. with, you know, your CFO and then my, my president and COO. And I'm looking at me, I'm like, so what do, you got, what do you got going on? And I'm like, give me one sec. And, you know, trying yeah. to act and be present and trying to be bold and then going back and just like scream, like, I'm like, what do we do? But then I always put it out there and I feel energy, like my mindset and all that. And like, we, we always make it happen. And but yeah, I mean, I, there's nobody that can, you know, sit there and say, oh, everything's perfect. I yeah. don't really break down. I don't get mad and everything's peachy and this and that and the other. Life is great. No, that's fake. And like, it's I'm so fake. I'm like, I'm me. Like yeah. I, like I talked about it on a, on a podcast or I think one of my reels on my Instagram that like, I got really bad news. I had, you know, a really tough time with like, I think, um, with a relationship I w was had with a friend and I like stayed up all night then got really bad news at early o'clock, early in the morning. Then a really great friend of ours passed away. And then I had to go to a podcast that was being filmed. Then I had to be a hundred percent present and chipper and all these things. And by the time that the day ended, I was emotionally drained. Mm -hmm. Like I could, I was shaking and couldn't even take mm -hmm. a phone call. And it was with a, with a guy and they filmed it. And I'm like raw. And I actually got more feedback off of that saying, hey, thank you. Because there is a maybe not so great side of entrepreneurship mentally where it weeds a lot of the week out. But being strong, but the like the hard thing for us is is yeah, we might be going through an issue, but that next phone call, that next meeting, that next Zoom, that next presentation, that next, you have to be 100% on and present. Trust. And I then know. at the end of the day, it's five, six, seven, like you're just drained. And it's uh -huh. like, when when I go speak at events or I'm at events, you're on so intensely. Like you're, everything is in the vibrate, like the the energy and everything. By the, in like four or five hours, I am gone. Like you're just pounding energy, like whatever you yes. can do to, to, to go through it. And, but it, but I mean, that's, that's what it takes, but then mm -hmm. it's recognizing that and saying, Hey, how can I get better? Yeah. And you know, there's these times and these moments in life, how can I get better? That's and, right. 
You know, and it is okay to yeah. tell people like, hey, I'm having a gnarly day. Like, I've had some meetings where I'm like, hey, I don't want to have this board meeting because I'm yeah. not having a great day. Yeah. You're not going to get the best me. Yeah. So I'm going to take an extra hour and I'm going to go drive around, listen to music, do what I can, decompress, and I'll come back. Mm-hmm. Like, because I know you all need the best me I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that makes me look weak. No. Because the worst thing I can do is go to the meeting and be frustrated and like pound, like, and do all these and things. And go off on and, somebody else. Which doesn't really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and which has happened. And that's why I've kind of taken this mental yeah. inventory of like, hey, look, let's have a reset. And it's going to be our reset. Even in like arguments with my wife, I always say like, hey, let's take a, like a 10-minute timeout and reset. Like I feel like we're both trying to get to the same answer. But there's just too much right now. Like, yeah. let's just go take a reset. Yeah. And like she's like, no. I'm like, yes. We're just going to take a reset. I'm going to go downstairs. That's- like do your thing, and it, you have to do that in, in life a oh, lot. That, that's what Jake and I have to do too, because we're both like power, yeah, people, yeah. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? We get oh, yeah. like really going. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but but I love this because so many people are so fake about business and entrepreneurship, and it's like it makes it look like you're crushing it twenty four seven, but you don't have moments. You don't have days where you're tired, and it makes people. You know, I teach a lot on personal branding, right? And I'm like. No, no, no. Show the end result, but show the behind the scenes. Right. And like, if you want to grow, you need to be human. Right. And, you know, I really commend you for that. Like showing that because a lot of people don't. They just show themselves on stage. And I'm like, no, you didn't see like me having a a writer's block when I was trying trying to write this keynote. Right. Now that I've been going on tour for, I'm like, I spent months of it wasn't right and it wasn't right and it wasn't right and people were dming me like you know how to talk why is this so hard for you and i'm like because right. it's not good enough yet it's not good enough until a life has changed right but i always it's like if the life that. isn't changed it's not good enough but the point is is like me showing that it was like i couldn't freaking figure out my next point i wanted right. to make that's what drew people in. And I just feel like when people are trying to brand themselves, they only show the highlight reel, like right. truly. It's like, it's, it's the Instagram glamour. It's the, the, even the YouTube glamour. But there is such a raw and true side that no one talks about of having those moments of, of you know, I, I wouldn't call it weakness. I would just say being real and yeah. having real emotion and, yeah. and being frustrated that you can't like mentally get on paper what you want to speak about or Maybe when, you know, maybe like you, even you did a podcast and you're like, what did I just say? Or like, you know, I've learned it in speaking uh, where, you know, when I used to speak and I used to mess up, I used to try to be like, oh, like, oh, like, oh my gosh. And then like, now I call myself out. That is not really how I wanted to say that. Yeah. How did I want to say like, that is, like, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Like, but it's owning that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's owning the emotion and it's being okay with it. And it's, it's learning how to harness that in, in a good, in a, you know, try to get it in a positive way, but like nobody can be perfect. You will have moments of frustration. You will have moments of, of times where you don't want to do anything. Like I can't tell you how many times where I was driving, you know, I drive up to Pocatello, Idaho. It was about a four, maybe hour drive. I can't remember. And then go to a meeting or a presentation. It was horrible. And then drive all the way back home in the middle of the night, get home at three or four o'clock in the morning and have to do it. Like I, I, I like, like that's not a beautiful, sexy part of entrepreneurship and network marketing, whatever. But that's just the raw part of it, and that's that's a part of the journey. It makes for really good stories. It does, but it's it's a part of it. But you can look at it like a blessing or a lesson, and and you can say, okay, that was a really good lesson. That was a really good blessing in my life. And sometimes it's both. And how can I learn and keep growing from those situations? 
where maybe I can avoid it next time. Maybe you can't. It can't be perfect. Nothing will be perfect. That's right. Like the expectation of being perfect is just crazy. It's like that, crazy. It's never going to work, right? Yeah. So it's being okay with it not being perfect and learning on the way there mm-hmm. and being okay with sometimes you mess up. Like it's, we fail our way to success. We hear That's that right. all the time. Like I tell my employees all the time or my family, I would say, hey, like I would rather get 100% of you with some mistakes than 60% of you perfect. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, I would rather you, like now my, my, my forklift drivers that are breaking trailers, like we'll have to have a conversation <laughs> about that. But like, right. I would still rather you give me 100% of your all and yeah. be honest with the mistakes you've made right. than try to fake it or hide it or do these different things. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like with a lot of people nowadays, especially with the ability to only pay or post what you want them to see is, is kind of get some people down a spiral that, is not the greatest maybe right. and also like maybe you have them in a speak and it's like i'm really confused or like what's going on like this is not you're not anything like you said that you were or, or whatever or this and that and the other so yeah it can get it get it in a dicey situation it sometimes. can get in a dicey situation yeah. Yeah. what do you think your it factor is <sighs> i think my it factor is how much i care about understanding people mm and wanting to get the best out of them and to be able to coach them to success, whatever success is for them. Mm, That's so good. Because they might not have the same dream as me, Mm. but everybody has a seat on the bus in the right seat. It's like putting together a sports team. Like, love Chris Paul. He's not a center. Right. Like, I don't care what he wants to be a center. He's a point guard. He's a leader. Yeah. And he's even a veteran. So how do you play them in different things, right? And it's becoming tactical in how you do things, but it's caring. Like the bait, the fun. Everybody's like, where do you think the fundamental of culture comes from or whatever? It's caring. Mm -hmm. Because I meet with people that are like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Like, I'm probably not a good fit for you. Well, my team wants to know about, like, I need my team to do this. Well, Mm -hmm. it starts with you. Yeah. Like leadership is leading from the front and leading from the top down. Mm -hmm. So how can I get anybody to, like, how can you hold them to an expectation when you don't even want to do it yourself? Yeah. And so I've said no to some pretty big, like, consulting contracts and different things. So I'm like, it's not a good fit. Call me when you want to change. Well, what can you teach me? This and that. Hey, it's yeah. not a really good fit for me because we don't align in our values. <sighs> so good. I just hired someone and I, I went through a lot of interviews and I was like, this is our mission. This is what we're doing. This is my vision. If you are not going to buy into this message, if this doesn't excite your soul, tell me now. Right. Like I literally, you may be good at producing. You may be good at getting gigs for us. You may be good at X, Y, Z. But I'm like, if you are not down with my mission, you have to tell me now. Right. And she was just like, this is the most refreshing thing because I've been praying for somebody who actually is driven by people. I love and, that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, man. It's that aha moment. Yeah. Like that defining moment. And like, then now you can, you can get, it's, it's, and it's a beautiful thing to watch when you get in that alignment and you're all going in the same, same direction yeah. for the same reasons, doing the same, like, yeah. it's amazing to watch. Yeah. We see it with sports teams all the time oh. when they, you know, when like the miracle on ice, when they win the gold medal, like we see it all the time when everybody gets in the same. And then we see it when it's just based off of talent and, you know, we have a good team here in LA that just went for a talent search and not a culture, cultural team search. And they just, and they, yeah, they're in the playoffs, but we all know they're probably not going to last very long. But 
like, like there's so many different ways you can do it and, yeah, yeah. and it's it's but at the end of the day it's just caring about the people and caring to to, to matter and help them focus on their superpower that's right so we're going to be doing an event well we're not do, well i'm not doing i'm speaking at it yeah you're speaking at it yep. together yep we should tell the people about this they can come hang out yeah so it's in june june 17th okay it's what cool. are you going to be speaking on what, what so are we i'm going to be speaking on culture Woo! yeah i cannot wait my man dusky rogue put this on called rogue world and it is going to be an epic event june 17th in provo utah and I'm so excited to speak with you, Jake. We got Greg Anderson, Ryan Flint. Dusky's going to be speaking. We got uh, Vertical Blonde and so many other speakers. I know that Dusky keeps posting them all the time. And I am so excited to be able to rock the house with you all. And I'm very excited to have you. I mean, I, I, I recommended you before I even really, we ever really like yeah. knew each other and met in person. But I'm like, Dusky called me and was like, hey, I really need some powerhouse women. And I'm like, Emily, you got to have Emily, you got to have, yeah. got to have Sarah and, you know, and others. And so, yeah, I'm just really excited. That's going to be so amazing. Yeah. So you can check out the tickets in the show notes and come join us. Like it's going to be such a good time. It's going to mm -hmm. be very exclusive, 300 people only. Um, and, and that's not like, that's just, we, like, mm -hmm. that's what the event center will let us do. So 300 yeah. seats only, and it's going to be such a good time. It's powerhouse packed, amazing production. Um, trust me, Dusky does nothing but the best. Yes. I mean, that dude will roll up with the number, the best, everything. I'm almost nervous and be like, bro, like, I know. like relax. Sometimes you gotta this relax. This man is world class. Yeah, so. he, he's an amazing human being, and yeah. he's doing it for the right reasons, which is why I got him bored. Like, why I yeah. am totally doing, you know, excited to do it with him. Amazing. Yeah. Where can people find you? So the best place to find me is on my Instagram. It's just Jason Haugen, and that's H A U G E N, and just Jason Haugen. Um, I'm on there, you know, DM me if you, if you need anything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working ever since I talked to, to Jake, he's like, you got to have this website and that. And I'm like, Oh crap. Okay. Uh, and know. so, you know, I'm working <laughs> on a website and, you know, cause I do get asked a lot about consulting and different things and like a coaching group and whatever. And so a lot of that's just, you know, kind of done through my Instagram right now and then pers more personal, but then I am trying to create a website right now. Cause Jake told me, he's like, bro, you got to add a website. Yeah. So I'm, I'm creating that right now at the moment. Um, but I'm just excited. So yeah, hit me up. I answer all my DMs. Okay. So you're amazing. No, thank you and, so much. And you know, what's so exciting is you've done it. And I always can tell you can, when you hear someone talk, when it's, they're talking through experience, I would say experience is the best teacher and you've been there and right. you've done it and you've lived and, and you're not even 30 years old right. yet. Like, right. come on. Right. I am a fan. I am a support. Your sister, I'm here for you. A lot. Thank you so much. And I'm much. so proud of you. And Thank you. I'm just so pumped to watch you continue to just Thank you. fly off. I, I appreciate it. And yeah. likewise, you're crushing it. I mean, you're you're an amazing woman, um, huge fan. I mean, I've heard so many good things about you. And I it, it means like it's just really cool to see you being an authority and, and doing your thing and you're blowing up. Which which is just so cool to see. So thank you for having me on the show. It means so much. I'm super flattered that you know you have me out here in your home. We are in your home right now, and I'm just very uh, excited to meet meet you and Jake and like have this you know relationship and friendship it means a lot to me. Thank you. All right. Until next time. See you later.